This is Backspin Golf with Matthew Lawrence. Your 803 tee time every Sunday morning right here on ESPN 92.5 and 1300 AM. Backspin Golf is brought to you by Gearheads of Nicholasville. Edwin Watts Golf, Truly Nolan and Critter Control, French Lick Resort Casino, and Lexington Parks and Recreation. Also sponsored by Commonwealth Credit Union, Georgetown Advantage Air, and Maple Leaf Gutter and Siding Systems. Let's join your host, Matthew Lawrence, for Backspin Golf. Good morning. Welcome in. Welcome in to Backspin Golf. 803 Tea Time here at the Square Country Club on Main Street in beautiful downtown Lexington. Uh, it's always great to tee off here <laughs> on Sunday morning. Uh, as we all know, last week, live the Open Championship, and we went through the whole thing with the Open Championship, and yeah, great. Okay. We will be talking some about Live Golf because uh, it's really important. I wish we didn't have to, but it's really important. And uh, in just a few minutes, Dave Shedlosky, uh, our buddy, will join me and we'll talk some about Live Golf and hopefully a couple of other things. Uh, because there have been developments in the ever-changing world of Live Golf and the PGA Tour and DP World Tour uh, that need to be talked about uh, as much as we really don't want to. But uh, also on the show today will be uh, a couple of my favorite guests. Jordan Perez from Fire Pit Collective will join me, and Justin Mullenix from... Lexington Parks and Rec, and the incredible job they're doing in terms of city championships and club championships and running events all over the city of Lexington uh, for many weeks now. And uh, I want, we just finished up the, C, the city championships at uh, Picadome. Kearney Hill, and Lakeside. And there were 141 players competing. And I want to get the story of, of how Justin, who basically ran the whole thing, did that and what we have coming up. We're going to talk to Jordan Perez, uh, uh, who covers amateur golf for the Fire Pit Collective gang. But before I, I speak with Dave Shedlosky and then with Jordan, I want to say something about an event that happened uh, this past week that is now my favorite golf tournament, and that covers all of them. The Masters, the U.S. Open, the Open Championship, PGA I don't really care about, and that is the inaugural U.S. Adaptive Open which was just played at Pinehurst on the number six course at Pinehurst. And if you're listening and you love golf, which I assume you do, if you have not heard about this or read about it or seen videos of it, it's a must. This is a tournament for 
eight different categories of disabilities uh, that has been staged by the USGA. This is a USGA event. And you have never seen anything as inspiring as the golf being played by all of these people and the stories that they come with. It's just amazing. I get, I'm sitting here talking about it, and I get chills just talking about it. Uh, please take some time and go to YouTube and type in U.S. Adaptive Open. Uh, it, it's incredible, and I'm going to talk to Jordan Perez about it, who did great work reporting on this the whole time it was going on, and also has a story about herself and her own disability and why this tournament is so important to her. Uh, and seeing this tournament is going to open up the world of golf to uh, people all over the world with disabilities who didn't know this was possible. It's incredibly important and awe-inspiring. All right. Joining me first will be our buddy, Dave Shedlosky, and uh, I'm ready to talk to him from Golf Digest, golfdigest.com. So let's get to it. But before we do, hi, Christmas, Carol. Next on the tee, best golf podcast there is. Joining me now, my buddy from Golf Digest, golfdigest.com, author of five books. I'm not sure we've ever talked about it. I might have to ask Dave Shedlosky about this because that interests me too. But there are a couple of loose ends. Well, not loose ends. We're going to be talking about it for a while because that's our fate in that we are in the golf media business. Hi, Dave Shedlosky. Good afternoon, Matthew. How are you? Uh, oh, I'm fine. Thank you. Thank you for Good. for asking. <laughs> uh, you, you know, you got to send me your address, and I'll send you all these damn books, all right? <laughs> yeah. You know what? I'll take you up on that. <laughs> Absolutely. They're sitting here on my bookshelf. Are they? Yeah, uh, let me ask you this. Are they golf yeah. books, or are they children's yeah. books? Or, oh, no, okay. they are golf books. They are golf books. One I did with Arnold Palmer. Oh, oh, oh all right. Hold it. Two, two, oh, to hold it. Don't say, don't say two. You just said one I did with Arnold Palmer. Hello. The last book he ever did. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. Uh, last this, book he ever did. Okay, I'm sending my address right now. You, you, <laughs> you. better. You better. <laughs> How incredible. Arnie. All right. That's something. We're going to take a whole Backspin Golf episode soon and talk about these books. You okay. Betcha. All right. Let's start with, I'm fascinated by that. Let's start with, here's something on your Twitter account that is fascinating to me, and I yes. think correct. And it's at Dave Shedlosky, S-H-E-D-L-O-S-K-I. Here's what you said, I believe, yesterday. Just let live golf guys play the PGA Tour. They can play for money. I mean, money's all they care about, right? Seems like a proper compromise. So, in other words, just let them play for money. No world ranking points, which is the big sticking point now. Yes. I think, I mean, of course, I didn't think of this. You're Dave Shudlowski. You wrote a book with Arnold Palmer. Uh, <laughs> and you know what? That actually makes sense to me. 
It makes sense, but is it you know is it feasible? No, I mean, probably not. Like but it makes sense. It against, <laughs> yes, it makes perfect sense. Let's throw this against the wall and see if yeah. it sticks. Of course, it's not going to. But you know, the, but OWGR is everything. I mean, at the end of the day, that's going to be the thing that uh, decides some winners and losers in this battle. How? But this is what I've been saying, and I cannot get around this. Forget about like the the political side of this whole controversy and whatever jealousies and petty things and all those things. Technically, how can you get world golf ranking points for 54-hole shotgun start tournaments that have no cuts? How, how is that possible to award ranking points for that? It, 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 it doesn't seem like that's possible. And, and then you throw in the other part of that equation is it's by invitation. So only certain people right, are right. on the live tour. So it's a, it's a closed universe if ever there was one. And what I found in talking about, uh, to people about the OWGR is that they're going to have a hard time because of those roadblocks that you're talking about, these these you know, the system that they're playing under 54 holes, no cut, blah, blah, blah. But there really are no rules as far as accepting or not accepting a tour. I mean, everybody pretty much is accepted in it. Here's the thing, and I didn't know this till recently, there's a year's probation before they actually can get points. Somebody just did an analysis and said, hey, by time they actually, just by the end of the year, there's going to be almost, I think, one guy in the top 50, Abraham Answer, one guy. So by the time they actually get world ranking points, it'll be a closed oh. you know, fraternity of a, guy, a bunch of guys ranked two, three, four hundred in the world, and they ain't going to get any points. So it's kind of a the long game seems to favor the PGA Tour. Okay, now I'm uh-huh. happy. <laughs> uh-huh. me? Hey, me too. <laughs> you know, it's it's interesting though. If you're this is what you do, and you're. Uh, friends and colleagues in in sports. I mean, I have a radio show, but you are around people covering this who are a lot more qualified to talk about it than I am. Is there a sense of people that are actually really in favor of live golf that are covering it on a big scale or no? I have found very few. There are a couple that are saying, well, wait a minute, this current ecosystem, why can't you blow it yeah. up? I mean, it's obviously, it's obviously not working. I don't know how they get to that when, <laughs> you know, you've got Charles Howell, who we, you know, we can talk about just joining Live, made $42 million on three wins. Right. I think it's working pretty well. Yeah. The ecosystem is darn good, and he's probably got another $20 million in his uh, retirement. In his 401, yes, yeah. his retirement. So. Um, I, I'm not getting this. Why do you have to blow this up? No, most of us, most of us don't buy into any argument other than it's for the money. And only one guy has really said that. And that was Dustin. Dustin came in, he, you know, he had the balls to say, yeah, 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 I, I'm good with this. This is, this is what I want to do. And I'm going to ride off in the sunset. Hey, more power to him. At least he said it. Mm-hmm. At least he said, this is what I want. Everybody else is like, grow the game, spend more time at all, blah, blah, blah. No, no, not buying it. Here's the, here's the other thing. The, the hypocrisy is part <laughs> of what one. gets me about these guys. And it seems like the whole growing the game thing has tapered off 
because people realize nobody bought that and they are not growing the game. But no, they're destroying it. That exactly. And here's the thing about all that. One of the arguments <clears throat> excuse me. One of the arguments that they were all saying is I want I don't I want to play less golf. I want to spend more time with my family. Well, then don't come out and say if we play the Asian tour, we will be getting ranking points. I thought you wanted to play less golf, not more golf. But oh, by the way, now you'll have to go to Asia to yeah. do it. You can't play in America. Well, what are they? I, they right. Plus, plus. Yeah. By the way, nobody's. You know, no, we've tried to point this out. Um, when you're on the PGA Tour, you don't have to play an event you don't want to play. You just don't show up on Live Golf. You got to show up, right? You know, and and it's on their schedule. It's not on yours, right? You right. don't set your schedule; they do. So, what? Again, uh, the PGA Tour was a bad deal because you had the freedom to play where you wanted. For you know, they're playing for seven and a half million dollars this week in Minnesota. Yeah, that ain't bad. Yeah, they chose a bunch of guys chose not to coming off the Open Championship, and that's their right. Right, but they could have. They yeah. have the freedom to do that. They don't know. All they have to do is play 15 events on That's the PGA the voting Tour. Rights. That's right. just the voting rights. They, they can play fewer events. Yeah, if they're keep right. their card. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They win an event or whatever. Hey, yeah. well. All right. Uh, we only got a couple minutes left, and I'm sure you and I will talk more about this because we yeah. love talking about it. But uh, we have no, what do we have to look forward to now? <laughs> oh wait, no, the President's Cup in September. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I look forward to it because I do love those match play events. Yeah. But what do we have to look forward to? Um, not much. I the mean, FedEx you know, Cup. I'm a, yeah, I'm not a big FedEx Cup fan. Me That's either. Not to say I don't enjoy the individual event. Me either. Themselves, but I, I don't. I've never really bought into the FedEx Cup. And then I do love the President's Cup because, like I said, I love match play golf. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, we don't know what that's going to look like. What do we have to look forward to? There's a there's a sleepy little Invitational in in April that I'm looking forward to. Yeah, okay. Really. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll probably be here before we know it. It'll oh wait, and, the Masters is next week. Okay, great. And that should be interesting to see what they do. Yeah, with guys. that'll yeah. be a story unto itself as well. Yeah, I agree with that. By the way, in thirty-five seconds, thirty-eight seconds, can yes. you tell me what the hell the Comcast Business Top Ten is, or whatever they call it? Yes. Those are the guys who are now ranked 1 through 10 in the FedEx Cup standing, and they will get a bonus prior to the playoffs for finishing in that top 10. Oh, like the, oh excuse me, like we're not getting enough in the FedEx. No, oh, please. No. Then there's an extra $2 million for Scotty Scheffler, who's going to win that, and then yeah. we go into the playoffs. You know so. what? I'm, I'm done with all of them. I'm going to start. <laughs> uh, Sean, let's do a show about pickleball. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I love saying. Pickleball. Okay, well, you can you can be my co-host on my pickleball show. This is great. On the Ocho, right? The uh, on Ocho. the Ocho. Okay, <laughs> yeah. You're the greatest man. Thanks so much, Dave. Uh, really, I appreciate you more than you know, and we'll talk soon. Well, we'll talk. We'll talk books, and then send me the damn address. I yeah. will. Okay. <laughs> See ya. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Backspin Golf with Matthew Lawrence is brought to you by Commonwealth Credit Union. Welcome back. Uh, 
it this has been great because there has been so much going on in the amateur world of golf, which my buddy Jordan Perez covers so incredibly well for the Fire Pit Stories. And you can go to at Fire Pit Stories or firepitstories.com. And something else happened, which I talked about a little while earlier in the show. And she did a great job covering this and bringing stories about the U.S. Adaptive Open uh, to all of us that I get to talk to her again after having her on the show with me pretty recently. This is great. I love this. Hello, Jordan Perez. (laughs) Hi. I always love coming on. It's so great to be back. Thank you for having me. No, it's my pleasure. I don't want you to get sick of talking to me. I would have Never. you I would have you as a co-host of mine if you were here or if I were there if I were down uh in Florida where you are. Um say the word. Okay. <laughs> uh let's start here. So if people missed the beginning of the show where I talked about this. This past week was the very first the inaugural US Adaptive Open. And this is now, and I'm not kidding around about this, this is my favorite golf tournament now. And I'm talking about the Open Championship, the Masters, any of them. That's how incredible I think this is. Can you just start off by explaining to people what the Adaptive Open is? So the U.S. Adaptive Open was a championship that, just toasted its inaugural um, stop. So it was a three-day tournament. Um, it's a mix of 96 amateurs and pros, both men and women, competing in separate divisions over eight impairment categories. Mm-hmm. And they compete for two trophies. And it's absolutely phenomenal. It is such a progressive move by the USGA to recognize this as one of the most powerful golf organizations in the entire world to host a championship for adaptive and disabled golfers. It it is such a step in the right direction and the amount of coverage and stories that came to light this week and education that kind of followed was super inspiring and so, so promising for the future of golf. I I remember reading about this, that they were going to do this when it was announced, and then uh, a couple days before it started, and we should say they played at Pinehurst, uh, number six, where it will be again next year, by the way. Uh, And I've played that golf. I've played all the Pinehurst courses. I've been lucky enough to do that. But um, these people, if you are not inspired by watching videos of these, all of the competitors in, in these, can you explain what a couple of these, uh, maybe three or four of the categories are in this? So, yeah. So some of these categories that they compete under, which were eight, um, include arm and leg impairments, uh, amputees, vision, intellectual, uh, there are seated players and there were short stature players. Yeah. I, I, Every sing- there was the first day, I, the first video I saw was, um, I believe it was golfers with 
um, prosthetic legs. And they were being introduced on the first tee and then hitting their opening tee shots. And I just sat there. I played it over three or four times because I was so moved by what I was seeing. And that continued throughout the whole week. And one of the great things, Jordan, about this to me is, and we always talk about how all of us that play golf at some point get upset with ourselves on the golf course, no matter how good or how bad you are. And when you watch these people uh, with, with the limitations that they have, swing a golf club and hit a golf ball, for any of us to get upset about anything that, that are blessed enough to not have disabilities, it's, it's just it's incredible. That's the only word I can use. Yeah, I mean, it is so awe-inspiring. And like you said, watching those videos over and over and seeing that representation come to life, you know, there were no limits on the coverage and what, you know, what these people could do and what was shown. And the two champions specifically, one had a um, intellectual impairment and the other had a uh, physical impairment. And mm-hmm. so just, that just goes to show, you know, no matter you know, no matter who you were as a competitor or what had impaired you per se, there there was no limits to what these talented players could do, and they really put on quite a show this week. They did. And uh, can you talk a little bit about the two winners for us? Yes. So the winner on the men's side was Simon Lee. Mm-hmm. He, he won in a two-hole playoff over... <laughs> Felix Norman, yep. and they it kind of came down to like a last-minute battle because they both hard the last two holes um, after kind of going back and forth a little bit, and then uh, Simon came out on top, and Simon's story was pretty inspiring um, considering his journey. When he was four, they, I think that's when he had gotten his autism diagnosis. Yeah. So all his life, you know, he had been going through that. And I remember they mentioned, like, he struggled with eye contact and just a few different things. And his caddy, too, has a cool story in that he's trying to be the first South Korean-born caddy on the PGA Tour. So they were just both an inspiring mm. pair this week. And, you know, when there was pictures and footage of Simon when he got his victory being doused in water. He yeah. was so happy. <laughs> yeah. So cool. Yep. Uh and what about on the women's side? I mean, that's an incredible story also. Right. So that was Kim Moore, mm-hmm. who was born without a right foot and a clubbed left foot. Yes. And spina bifida. So she she had all of these things and still went on to have a college golf career at UND. And now she coaches at Western Michigan. And all week at this championship, Kim was leading wire to wire. She really, she she was dominant. I think on the last day, the heat kind of got to her a little bit, but yeah. she still ended up pulling it out. And it was it's a phenomenal feat. And fun fact, actually, there is an award um, given in college golf at the end of every school year in her name, 
to college golfers who have overcome yeah. a level of adversity or something personal in their lives. And, you know, the work that she continues to do just by being competitive and mm. coaching and everything really shows just what a remarkable person she is. And just incredible. That's the Kim Moore Award. Uh, and I also just saw a picture of Simon Lee, who got to play Pinehurst number two also. And you talked about him getting doused with water and how he was just ecstatic about it. And he said it was because it was very hot, so it was good that he got cooled off. But there's a picture, I don't know if you've seen it, of him next to the Payne Stewart statue at Pinehurst Number 2, the iconic statue. And he's in the same pose as that statue. And it's the look, the joy on his face. Uh, And again, it speaks to how important this tournament is. And I... I want you to talk, uh, and we're speaking with my pal, Jordan Perez of Fire Pit Collective. I want you to talk a little bit about your journey because there's something that's important to you about the Adaptive Open and uh, kind of a problem that you went through. Yeah, so this event was pretty meaningful in that there's so much representation across the board like we just talked about. And heading into the week, I chatted with two of the competitors. Their names are Kurt Barkley and Connor Stone, both of whom were diagnosed with scoliosis, like myself. Uh-huh. And each has achieved incredible things in their golf careers. And they really had some setbacks with these diagnoses. And like myself, you know, it's, it's not easy my diagnosis changed my life. I was barely a teenager. I was diagnosed at 11, I guess you could say preteen. Mm-hmm. So I was diagnosed. I was in a back brace for about a year. My scoliosis became a lot more aggressive, oh. um, a lot more debilitating. I had a, I had a visible bump on the thoracic side of my back. So the top of my back actually had an arch from one of the curves sticking out. And I know that doesn't sound really pleasing to the ear, but to the eye, it was almost a little bit worse. Um, But yeah, had that and dealt with that and was really fortunate enough to end up having surgery and having a spinal fusion top down that corrected the curvatures in my back. Um, I had some complications after. It was not an easy recovery, but... Um, you know, I've lived, I mentioned this in the piece that I write that I don't really remember what it felt like without the hardware in my back, but I do remember how painful it was. And I can't tell you how grateful I am despite, you know, despite the setbacks and struggles that I did go through to have had that surgery because my life could be completely different right now. But there was a lot of relatability in these stories in that, um, Connor, who also had a spinal fusion up and down, same, same, full, his spine was also fully fused. Um, there was a lot of thoughts that I was able to relate to when I talked to him in that, you know, our practices can be really limited. The cold weather is really tough on us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it was really cool to see someone who had gone through something almost identical 
um, play at a championship like that. And, you know, he has a really incredible golf resume as well. He is an extremely, he's 13th ranked um, mm. in the world disabled golfers. And I think he's set to turn pro in a few months. So I don't think there's a limit to what he can achieve. And, you know, just talking with him for the almost hour that we did and getting to share his story was really moving for me. Well, I just had chills the whole time you were telling your story. And that's what this whole tournament was about. And what's going to happen now, as you said, because of the publicity surrounding this, there are people all over the world who have all of these different kinds of disabilities have seen what's possible and how that can golf can actually change their lives for the better. And uh, there, I don't think there's anything more important than that. And that's why this is now my favorite tournament. And it's also why I love talking to you. And I'll just say this on the air. I thought I loved you before. I love you even more now knowing what you've been through. So deal with it. <laughs> you don't have a choice. Um, you're just the best, Jordan. I love having you on the show, and thank you, and we'll be talking to you again real soon. Yay. Well, thank you for having me again. It is always a pleasure to come on, and thank you for reading my story and really uh, taking time to kind of understand what I and maybe in these other competitors have been through yeah yeah your support and your listening ear and you wanting to share these stories and boost them is so important so i can't thank you enough it's my pleasure anything that has to do with you okay we'll talk to you soon thank you take care, take care. <laughs> bye bye backspin golf with matthew lawrence is brought to you by gearheads of nicholasville welcome back Backspin Golf. Boy, as I've been saying on this show, I guess we just now wait for the FedEx Cup playoffs. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. This whole thing has got me very confused. But one thing that doesn't have me confused is the incredible uh, work being done here uh, by Lexington Parks and Rec and our five great golf courses here and the many things that are going on uh, and seemingly all of them overseen by the the big shot director of player development. And I mean that as the highest compliment when I say big shot. Uh, Justin Molinix, my guy. How you doing? How you doing, Matthew? <laughs> I'm all right. The big question is, how are you? I I'm mean, doing well. There's so much going on here, uh, as you know very well. And pretty much everybody at all the golf courses know. I like to go out early on a Saturday or a Sunday. First one off, I want to be out there because I like having my own private golf course. But that's right. near there. I should. I'm a media, award-winning media representative, right? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'll, I'll pat myself on the back. You don't have to do it anyway. Uh, <laughs> all I know is every single weekend – seemingly for the last since winter it's like uh i'm gonna go out to kearney no you can't do that we have this going on i'm gonna go to Picadome. then nope we have this going on it's insane and last week was a big week and i want you to 
tell everybody what was going on with the city championship that was held uh, for three days last week. Yeah. Yeah, it was our, our 95th Lexington Men's City Championship. And, wait, wait, uh, what? 95th? 95th. It's been going on since 1927. Oh, Mike, almost as old as yeah. me. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we had a, a local uh, Lafayette graduate uh, who just graduated from Warhead State as well, Joe Michong, uh, won. He was, I believe it was 18 or 19 under. 19 under, yeah. 19 under, yeah. He shot uh, 62 on the final day at Kearney and a, and a nice little 65 on the second day at Picadone. So <laughs> he, uh, you know, and it was a close, it was a close tournament up until maybe about the last nine holes. Him and Matt Epperson were tied, I believe, when they made the turn. Epperson may have been up a shot on yeah. I'm not sure, but uh, it was it was really close, and then all of a sudden he shot 30 on the back nine and just separated himself from everybody. So. Now, let me say this before you go on. For those of you listening, and obviously there are some, a few people who aren't really golfers, but they love uh, taught, hearing talk about golf or whatever, but almost everybody listening to Backspin is a golfer and hopefully has played Kearney Hill which is one, I always say it, it's one of the best public golf courses in America, period. Now, having said that, and I have close personal friend information, that the tees at Kearney Hill were as far back as you could go on Sunday, like at PGA Tournament far back. Is that correct? They they were they were way back there. Uh, <laughs> Those boys were going to earn it if they were going to win. Well, yeah, they they it's yeah, it's our men's city championship. Yeah, it, it's uh, you know, it, I agree. It, the, the guys that are playing in this, they are good players. They can play from back there, and clearly, sixty-two did not, you know the length did not phase him. Well, here's this is what I was going to say. I saw it because I keep up with the live scoring, and when it was over, I went wait. There's a, that can I know he's good. I mean, he played at Moorhead State, and he was really good at Moorhead State. But apparently, since he graduated, since these last couple months, he has made a major breakthrough. I don't know how you do that when you can shoot 66 anyway. But from those back tees on a, what I heard was a windy day at Kearney. Very windy, yeah. He shot 62, 10 yeah. under par? Are you kidding me? And one, and not only that, just it was one shot away from tying the course record. <laughs> I'm telling you, it, it was it was a very impressive round of golf, and uh, yeah, he's he's a great player. Uh, I would not be surprised if he turns professional here in the next few weeks. He should. Uh, yeah, I, I, he's definitely got the game for it. He's a good kid. We've watched him grow up around here. Yeah, I've known him since he was you know 13, 14 years old. So yep. it was nice to see him win. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, I, I guess the good news is if he turns professional, all those guys that are playing probably won't have to deal with him next year. <laughs> That's what they're all hoping, <laughs> all of them. Uh, now, the rest of this, the great thing about the city is it was flighted. So you mm-hmm. had, I, I went over to Picadome, I think on Saturday, maybe. Uh, was the tournament at Picadome Saturday? I think it was. It was, yeah. Okay, and I went over uh, on maybe Friday, and spoke to Alan. And when he told me there were 141 players that signed up for this, that's incredible. 
Yeah, it was one of our bigger fields uh, yeah. in, a, in a while. Um, but we have two different divisions. There's the scratch division and the handicap division. And mm-hmm. playing the handicap division, it's still gross scoring, but we flight you based on your handicap. Right. And um, that that portion of the event has really grown a lot in the last couple of years. And, um, you know, we take 60% of both divisions make make the cut to Kearney. So even on uh, Sunday we had – I think there were 88 guys that made the cut that came out to Kearney on wow. Sunday. Um, it's a great tournament. It's, it's you know, for for the value of it, it's incredible. Yeah. We do, you know, it, 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 you pay out some great prizes, trophies. It's, uh, I, I believe there was a couple of guys that told me, you know, this this is their major for the year. Every yeah. year they gear up to play in the Lexington City Championship. Yep. Uh, if you've never played it, you should give it a shot. Yeah, I'm even. Th- Do you have like a super super senior division? Uh, that would be the Lexington Senior City Championship. We played that one back in June. Oh, okay. Well, I'll have to gear up for that one. Here's the big question. And that division's called the Legends Division, Matthew. So you fit perfectly into that. Right? See, you see, Sean's smiling here. It's the <laughs> truth. There's no, you know, I don't like to pat myself on the back. <laughs> but there's no bigger legend around here than me. I mean, really. Uh, <clears throat> unfortunately, it's for all the wrong reasons. Um, all right, so the city championship is over, but that doesn't mean things that you have to do <laughs> have kind of, even though it should get a little easier now, because this, this was a great week this past week, but you've had all kinds of tournaments going on pretty much for the whole summer, right? Yeah, I mean, we still have some left. Uh, next weekend, we have our Women's City Championship, uh, which you can still sign up for That's on our website. Great. Um, we still have the Mid-Am Championship, which is in September, and we're still finishing up our uh, our Play Golf Lex Am Tour that's sponsored by Michelob Ultra. We've still got a few events left in that. And then we still have our Pumpkin Patch, which is down around the time of Halloween. That's a, yep. a two-man scramble at, at Tate's Creek Golf Course that's always popular with the full field, so... There's still a lot to go, even though I was just telling uh, somebody that my high school golf starts tomorrow, and I kind of associate that with the end of the summer. But when I look at the calendar, there's still a lot to go. Yeah, you know, and we talked about that a little before we went on the air. And I can't, I mean, you know, school starts in a couple weeks, public schools, and UK start in a couple weeks. But high school golf is already starting here yep. it's unbelievable it's just unbelievable it'll be christmas next thing you know i know and I, that's why i'm not complaining about the heat because i'm not ready for the snow yeah me too that's uh <laughs> that's a good point all right before i let you go uh because now i mean the, the rider cup's not f- till a year from september and obviously the only thing left now is the the fedex cup playoffs which Thank goodness, because they started telling us who was leading after one shot of the first tournament of the year. So thank goodness that'll be over. But uh, since we last spoke, this live golf stuff has only intensified with guys say, you know, Charles Howell III now is going. And who cares? I don't care about Great. Good luck to him. But the biggest news is about Henrik Stenson. and. Right his giving up the captaincy of the European Ryder Cup, which there are all kinds of 
quotes and videos about with him from two months ago talking about what that meant to him and it was the greatest honor you and then all of a sudden he's going to live i mean as you are a pga professional and just since we last talked about it i just wanted to get your thoughts yeah, I, I mean, I was I'm disappointed that he did that because yeah. the Ryder Cup is one of my favorite events. Um, you know, I don't blame those guys for chasing the money. However, just come out and tell me that you're doing that. Don't right. tell me it's about family time or <laughs> yeah, play less golf. You guys can make your own schedule already. Right. Um, I I think my biggest problem with the whole thing is just it's like the hostile takeover. I, I I've, yeah, I, I just haven't cared for how it's been handled. Um, by both sides, it, it's not all live golf. PGA Tour, um, you know, they're going to have to make some changes. What those changes are, I have no idea. Nobody has any but, idea. Yeah, yeah, uh, but it to me, it looks like live golf is here to stay, and they're going to have to figure out how to make it work. But you know, I'm still still interested to see what Augusta has to say about it, what the RNA will have to say about it, um, and and see what happens on the official World Golf Rankings. What happens there? Right. Nothing changes there. Those guys are going to lose a lot of spots, and if yeah. they do, some of them are not going to qualify for these majors. Yep. Well, that's what—that's kind of what. See, everybody knows I hate the whole live golf thing. I hate it. And you're right. If everybody just said somebody offered me thirty million bucks to play fourteen events, yeah, I'm doing it. Okay. Yeah. I get it. I mean, I you know Charles Howell has made $42 million on the PGA Tour. He's won three times in 20 years. I mean, uh, okay, go. It's not like I'm tuning in on PGA Tour Sundays to watch Charles Howell or most of these guys. I don't care. But don't tell me it's about spending more time. They're even talking now about playing on the Asian Tour which will give them world golf ranking points. But I thought it was about spending more time with your family. Yeah. Well, I mean, that it's absurd. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, All right. It, it, uh, it, it's, it's a mess. It's going to be an interesting winter to see what happens. Yeah. Um, but I'm with you. Like the whole excuse about spending more time yet they're wanting to play a more tour event, right. you know, yeah. they're not allowed on the tour. So they want to sue the tour for not letting them play. But, right. You know, and then you got like your favorite guy, Bryson DeChambeau, oh. he wants to, to spend more time with his family. I didn't even know he had a girlfriend or, you know, <laughs> I, or, I didn't know he had a family. If he does, he kept it really secret. Yeah. No, he doesn't. Uh, not that I know. Cause I hate everything about him anyway. <laughs> all right. You're the best, man. You are my main man, and uh, we'll catch up with you. I'm glad things will calm down a little bit for you, but I'll see you soon. Sounds good. Good talking right. to you. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, pal. All right. Bye. All right. That'll do it. Man, Sean, when can I stop talking about the live tour? Never. Right? Okay. All right. Well, I'll keep talking. I thought, but that was good. That was only a couple minutes. All right, we'll be back next Sunday, 8.03, tea time, as always. And as always, thanks to our phenomenal partners who I could not do this show without. Commonwealth Credit Union, French Lick Resort, Edwin Watts Golf, Georgetown Advantage Air, 
Maple Leaf gutter and siding, gearheads of Nicholasville, critter controlled Truly Nolan. This is quite a list, Sean. I'm so grateful. And, of course, Lexington Parks and Rec and our guy Justin Mullinix. Have a great week, everybody. We'll be back next Sunday. Stay tuned for the Weekend Line with Brad Taylor on ESPN 92.5 and 1300 AM. Backspin Golf with Matthew Lawrence is brought to you by Lexington Parks and Recreation.